everyone wants to make the most of their life. Pastor and teacher Dr. Bill Galarakis of Columbia Road Baptist Church guides us into that focused and meaningful Christian life that will make a difference today and for eternity. Get ready for our next episode of Changing Lives, Changing Eternities. Here's Pastor Bill. Now, I know this may sound suspicious coming from a pastor, maybe even self-serving, but I want you to know that you need a pastor. Hello and welcome to our time together today, and I'm going to tell you about why it's important for you to have a pastor. There are many people today who find their church uh, through the internet. They watch live stream services online, and for those of you that belong to a local church, this might be something that you do when you're traveling and you can't make it in, or when you're sick, or perhaps when you've missed uh, due to some unavoidable circumstance. But there are those who get their church online that are not really a part of that church. They watch some big-named or eloquent preacher out there, and they consider that to be their church service. And there's all sorts of podcasts, like this one, and good Christian music that they can listen to, good preaching on YouTube and different places, sermon audio, and they can get just about everything that they think they need for the Christian life as though it was a commodity that they could download from the Internet. But I want you to know that a pastor is not something that just came about by man's design and will, but it's something that God wanted each church to have, and a church is made up of the people. And so the idea is that you, as a believer in Jesus Christ, you need to have a pastor, an overseer, a bishop, someone who watches and cares for you. Now, why do you need a pastor? It seems like if you got good teaching and good training online and you've got good authors and good books and all of those things that you have— Uh, available today, at least in the English-speaking world, why would you need a pastor, especially when you might be able to find somebody uh, who is a better preacher than your local pastor or someone who has greater training than your local pastor or someone who does things in a way that perhaps you appreciate or connect with more than your pastor? Here's why I'll tell you is that is a one-sided situation. When you receive teaching, preaching, information from the internet or for books that you buy, no one is directly interacting with you. You see, the Christian life was designed to be lived inside of community. It was designed to be lived inside of the local church. The Lord loved the church and gave himself for it, the Bible says. So if you are not doing the Christian life inside of a church, and when I mean inside of a church, I don't mean that you just spectate or that you just uh, attend, but that you participate, you belong to it. We're called a family, We're called the body of Christ, meaning that we should be doing the things that Jesus Christ would do if he was bodily here. We're said that the hallmark of believers, how they would be known from all other people is how they would love the brethren. What brethren? The brothers and sisters that they find inside of the local church. And part of being in the local church is having a pastor that cares for your soul and does a number of other things. Now, I've been asked a lot of times, especially by children, what is it that you do? What is it that you do as a pastor? I know a lot of people think that uh, pastors, they just work on Sundays, and maybe if they have midweek services like we do, they work on Wednesdays. But what do they do for the rest of the time? Especially people that are unfamiliar with church life, they can sometimes think that this is just a part-time job or maybe just a hobby. And so they wonder, what is it that you're supposed to be doing? Well, I want to take you into the Bible today and look at a few different passages of Scripture to help you understand why it's important for you to have a pastor in your life, for you to be connected with a local body of believers and the under-shepherd for that body that the Lord has given them. The first thing that uh, a pastor ought to be doing, and for your benefit, 
we find in Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, I'm going to read those for you. It says, And in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, who we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. What we find in Acts chapter 6 is that the early church there in Jerusalem had grown and grown. People were coming to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. They were baptized, added into the church, and there were so many of them that there weren't enough leaders to go around to care for things. And this would eventually lead to the appointing of the first group of deacons, those servants that would care for the physical needs and the uh, secondary type things that were necessary around the church. But what the apostles said here, what these that were given charge of that early church in Jerusalem said, that they were going to continually give themselves to two things, to prayer and the ministry of the word. They said in verse 2 that it is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. They were constantly studying and teaching and preaching the word of God to hungry people that needed it, to the lost that needed to hear the gospel, to the saved that needed to hear the truth and the edifying words of Christ and the Old Testament explained to them. They had their plates full, and they said we need to give ourselves to it, and we need to do it continually. Now, as a pastor or as an assistant pastor or someone in ministry, I've done a lot of things that are not just praying and preaching and teaching. I, I have done all sorts of things from cleaning toilets and vacuuming rooms to painting walls to taking out the trash to weed eating around the church property to all sorts of things, all sorts of things. I remember I, as an intern, I built a, a gravel road into a new piece of property that the church had bought, and I, I was doing that as a pastoral intern. So setting up tables, taking down chairs, we've done many of these things, but that's not the main thing that we are called to do. The apostles said we should be praying and we should be ministering the word. We should be giving forth the word. And I want to dive into that idea of the ministry of the word and look at 2 Timothy chapter 4. The book of 2 Timothy is precious to pastors because here is the apostle Paul writing to his son in the faith, Timothy, who was also a pastor. And he was writing to him his final words. This would be the last epistle that we have of the Apostle Paul to one of the young men that he trained to be a preacher. And this is near the end of Paul's life, very near the end. And these are the words that he shares with with Timothy. He says in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Verse number three says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. In verse number two here, it says, preach the word, declare it, send it forth. Whatever God has said, that's what the pastor, the preacher should be giving forth. Not his ideas, not his thoughts, not his agenda. 
It's about what the Lord has to say. We are messengers declaring forth the word of our God. And it says here, this is what you need to do as we think about this charge that Paul gave to Timothy, this sacred duty that he entrusted to him. He said, I want you to preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. He says, I want you to be ready to minister at all times, whether it's convenient or inconvenient. One of the things about being a pastor is that you don't normally work normal business hours. You need to be ready whenever the people that God has given you need you. So if that means that they need you in the evening, then you need to be ready in the evening. If they need you um, in the middle of the night because of an emergency, if they need you on a weekday, a weekend, whenever it is, you need to be instant in season and out of season to help them. Much more like the military or like a first responder, it's more of a calling than it is just a job or a vocation. We don't just clock in and clock out as a nine to five or eight to five job. The Bible talks about somebody who is a hireling, who just does what they do for the money. But someone who's called into ministry to be a pastor, and that's a whole other topic about whether or not someone's called into ministry, they're not supposed to just do things when it's convenient for them. They need to be available all the time. Now, I understand that there need to be times of rest. There need to be times with family. There needs to be times of recreation and refreshing God even gave us the pattern of rest when he gave us the Sabbath and when he rested after the creation of the world. I understand all of that. But generally speaking, you don't just get to switch off as a pastor. You need to be there and be accessible. That's one of the reasons why you need a pastor. Surely you need him for the times when he's preaching forth the word of God uh, during Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, if you have services like we do. Also other times throughout the week that you may be at a Bible study led by your pastor. But you also need to be able able to get a hold of him when you need him. I promise you that the big fancy name preachers out there, and I don't have anything against them. In fact, I recognize that I am not a sensational preacher. As I said before in a sermon, that I am I am sort of the um, the staple meal of the preaching word is my preaching style that God has given me. I'm the baked chicken, the uh, uh, cooked vegetable, and the rice of the preaching world. It is healthy. It is nourishing. But it's not necessarily exciting. But for people that would go to those big-name preachers and say, well, that's, that's who I go to, that person is not available for you at all times of day when you need them. You may be able to hear their, their sermons, but you don't get them. And that is a vital thing to have someone who has been called of God, who has been trained and is continuing to grow, and is there as a resource for you. It also says in verse number two, to reprove, rebuke, and exhort. To reprove means to state when someone has done something wrong. To rebuke is to follow that up with strong disapproval or to denounce it or to say what it is. And then to exhort means to encourage or maybe even to console somebody who's going through something hard. This is not something people enjoy having, but it's something you need, and that is to have somebody who can sit you down when spiritually or practically you're headed in the wrong direction and they can correct you. This is one of those hard jobs of a pastor that I don't particularly like doing. I don't like sitting down and telling people that they're headed in the wrong direction with either their their marriage or their children or with their job or with their attitudes or with bitterness. I don't like sitting down and doing that, but you and I both know that we all need someone like that. I can remember being sat down at different times 
by spiritually um, mature men in my life that sat down and they told me when, when I was out of line on something, when I was mistaken about something, when they saw some behavior that I was engaged in and they knew what it could lead to and they warned me. They warned me, be careful of that. You don't want to go there. You don't want to do that. I can remember the times when they noticed that I was down and I was beaten down and I was discouraged and I wanted to quit and they came alongside to encourage and to console me. It says that not just to rebuke and reprove and exhort, but with all long-suffering and doctrine. Long-suffering, just like it sounds, suffering long, patience, putting up with, and they put up with me, and you need someone who will put up with you. It says, with all long-suffering and doctrine, meaning our beliefs and teaching, someone who, in the midst of correcting you or encouraging you, will time and time again bring you back to the Word of God, right where you are with what you're going through right now, in your relationships, in your job, in your schooling, in your struggles, whatever it is you're finding yourself in, a pastor goes through that with you. It says that there will come a time when people won't want to hear, and so the pastor must continue to preach forth the word, and people will get distracted, and they'll turn to other things. And he says, you've got to keep going. He says, but watch thou in all things, in verse number five. He says, I want you to be serious. I want you to pay attention to what's going on around you in people's lives and the society around you. It says in Hebrews chapter 13 that there are people that care for your soul, and those are pastors. They're the ones who they, they take care of, they look after, they have continual wakeful concern. One of my commentaries describes it in Hebrews chapter 13 in verse number 17. I want to read that to you. In Hebrews 13, in verse number 17, it says, Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. It's saying, listen, you've got people that God has given you, these under-shepherds, these overseers, and they are trying to take care of your soul. You know, there's going to be a day when all of us will stand before the Lord. If you know the Lord is Savior, you won't stand before him in judgment for your sin, praise God. You'll stand before him for reward, whether you get the reward for your labor or you miss out on it. And I want you, when you stand before the Lord, especially if you're a member of my congregation, and every pastor should want this, when you stand before God at the end of this life, I want that to be a very good day. I don't want that to be a day filled with regret as you see all of the reward lost, but I want it to be a day of rejoicing, that you have an abundant entry into heaven, that you hear that, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I'm trying to prepare people for that day. You know, King David said that he looked to his left hand and to his right hand, and he was the king, but he found no man that cared for his own soul. If you have a pastor, you have somebody that is to care for your soul. And it says, submit to them, obey them. Because they're out there for your good. And one day, they're going to have to give an account. And if you do this, if you put yourself and you listen to what they have to say, and you allow them to guide you, and you allow them to rebuke and reprove you and exhort you, uh, it's going to be for your benefit. If you always kick and push and fight against it, it says that's unprofitable for you. It's not for your benefit. If a pastor is going to preach forth the word and, and have doctrine. He's going to have to study. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verses 14 and 15 says, of these things, put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of hearers. 
Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I love the people in our church wanting to know more about the Bible. I love that people study the Bible on their own, and they can know just as much of the Bible and God for themselves as a pastor does. But a pastor who is vocationally in ministry, not that he's paid to do those things, but he's paid so he can do those things. And that's a big difference there. I'm not paid to preach the sermons I preach. I'm not paid to uh, make the visits that I make or to spend the time in prayer that I spend or to do the counseling. I'm not paid for those things. I'm paid so I can do that. See, it's a very different mindset. They're taking care of the needs that me and my family have so that I can freely serve in those ways. So it's a little bit of a wordplay there, but it's a very important difference there. But I also have the opportunity to study the Word of God with training, with many other things, in a way that other people just, they don't have the freedom to do. And so you get it, the finished product handed off to you. I want you to think it about like going to a restaurant. You may not have the time or, or the skill or the resources to put together that beautifully crafted meal from that restaurant, but the chef does, and he specially trained himself, and he's gotten all of those things ahead of time. So all you have to do is show up at the right time, sit down, and you partake, and you get all of the enjoyment and the nutrition out of it. That's how a pastor should be, and he should be studying. He should be understanding the Word of God and diving into it. So when you have a question, you can get an answer. Now, I want you to know I don't have all the answers, and as much as I've tried to study and educate myself and to let the Spirit of God guide me into truth, I have to still study often when people come and ask me a question. I say, I don't have an answer to that, but I'm going to get that for you. And so a pastor is there to give you counsel and guidance, encouragement, teaching, preaching, to answer your questions, to sit with you when you're weeping and mourning and to weep with you and to rejoice with you in those wonderful moments of life. And so having a pastor is a vital part of the Christian life. Where do you find pastors? Well, the Bible says that they were given to the local church. And so as much as we have digital ministry today that can meet many needs, a Christian still needs to have a pastor. I want you to also know that you will get as close to your pastor as you want to. You see, a pastor may have uh, 100, 200, if it's a large church, maybe thousands of people that they're supposed to be caring for. And of course, they can't do all of that, and that's where you have things like deacons and assistant pastors and other people in the church trained for that. But if you want to have a close relationship with your pastor, that's going to be on you, not on him, unless it's a very small church plant because he has many people that he is trying to care for. The pastor oftentimes has to move from crisis to crisis. When things are going great with you, chances are your pastor doesn't have the bandwidth just to sit down and rejoice with you on the average day because he's helping another family through the loss of a loved one or through a heartbreaking situation where someone has passed away tragically or has hurt themselves or is going through addiction or there are many different things that a pastor is called into and as the congregation grows the pastor is usually unavailable for just the average let's sit down and chat though I try and work at that each week to make those kinds of visits normally I'm moving between people that are going through the aftermath of surgery or upcoming surgery or some sort of disappointment in their life. You're trying to touch people's lives when they need you the most. 
So if you want to have a relationship with your pastor, you're going to have to be the one that makes the effort for that. He's going to try, or at least I hope he does. I know I'm trying. But if you want to have a close relationship with your pastor, if you want to have influence with him, if you want to be even greater helped by him, then you seek that out. Try and be an encouragement to him. Try and befriend him. Try and be good to his family and his children if, if he has any. Uh, these, these are little tips that will help you as you try to grow in your faith in Jesus Christ. You need a pastor. I know it sounds self-serving coming from a pastor, but as someone who was not born a pastor, someone who once did not know the Lord, someone who eventually came to know the Lord but was very young in the faith, someone who started to grow someone who started to serve. I needed a pastor in all of those moments. When I felt called into ministry, I definitely needed a pastor to help me figure out, is this just my idea or is this God's idea? All throughout our lives and our journeys, we need a shepherd to care for us. We have, of course, the great shepherd in the Lord Jesus, but his hands and feet on this earth, his mouth to speak into our lives, he will oftentimes use by his spirit, the man of God, to help us as the people of God. And so do what you can to to get close to your pastor, to encourage him, to honor him, and you'll find your Christian life skyrocket in depth and in fulfillment as you get closer and as you support the man of God. Thank you for being with us today. May the Lord bless you all. Thanks for tuning in to Changing Lives, Changing Eternities. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe to our podcast to catch our next episode. To hear even more of God's Word, we invite you to join us this Sunday either in person at Columbia Road Baptist Church, North Olmsted, Ohio, or online at columbiaroad.org slash live, YouTube, or through our mobile app. Make sure you like us on Facebook, Instagram, and follow us on Twitter. Remember, let's be more than hearers. Let's be doers. Live out the truth of God's Word this week, and you'll change people's lives and their eternities. Until next time, thanks for listening, and may God bless you.